Good evening. Welcome to another episode of UK Colts Fans Podcast. Tonight is Monday night, so that can mean one thing or another. That's Monday night football talk show. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Xavier. How's it going, bud? Uh, I'm good. How you doing, Harrison? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, looking good. Um... As far as big news, guys, there's nothing really to talk about. Um, the release of the schedule is probably the main thing. Um, is the release of the schedule something you look forward to every year, or is it sort of a, a swipe by date on your off-season countdown? Yeah, uh, I don't think about it too much. Um, I'm more worried about the people we're going to play, but... Uh, it's always interesting to see who we got to play uh, when and taking that first glance at that schedule, them first six weeks, look a little grueling. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, I'm just getting it up now. I should have done this in my hours of prep, but, you know, um, I'll make great TV for everyone else while I try and find this roster. Okay. Um I'm not. Uh, the other big news, of course, coming out, well, I'll just get this up, is uh, it looks like Robert Mathis is going to be... Uh, I can't hear you. Can't hear me? Um, can you hear me now? So. Mic check. Can you hear me? Is that better? Mm, nope. Still can't hear you. I I could hear you earlier, but I, I can't hear you now. Uh, I'll just... Can you hear me? Anything? Oh. Can you hear me now? Uh, okay. Wait, say, say something. Oh, there we go. I got you now. <laughs> I, I turned you down on my headset. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah, well, great start to the show. <laughs> It can only get better, shall we? Um, yeah, so I was just saying, uh, it looks like Robert Mathis, if I remember reading it correctly, is going to be introduced into the Ring of Honor. Uh, that's the least he deserves, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so the schedule. Uh, going through it on the... 12th of September, the opening game um, at 6 o'clock. So that's nice and early for us Colts fans over here in the UK. Um, the 12th of September, does that mean it's the opening game? Oh, no, that's the Sunday. Um, anyway, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's against the Seahawks. Um, 
then we will play. So, so we actually have back-to-back home games. Um, the Seahawks, then the Rams at the Titans on the 26th September, at the Dolphins on the 3rd of October, at the Ravens, um, the 12th of October, and then the 17th of October, we're at home to the Texans. Uh, that is a pretty, pretty hefty starting um, schedule for the Colts. Do you see, where do you see our record being? Um, at that Texans game? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of factors that go into that question that I really – it take me a while to uh, name off. But, you know, looking at these teams, these aren't like the real top-of-the-top top elite teams. They're good teams, but they're not elite teams. Um, so I, I honestly think the expectations I have for this team going into this year – um, I think we should come out of that stretch four and one. Uh, I truly believe that. I, I got a lot of faith in this team. Um, adding Quiddy, you know, adding pay on the end of the edge there too. And as soon as Dayo comes back, um, I think this team would have no issues beating this. You, you know, especially on the Seahawks. Seahawks have a weaker offensive line. You know, we can take advantage of that. You know, I could go down the list of why I think we're going to win these games, but um, I mean, it's just going to come down to I think we have a better roster. Um, and I think we have a better coaching staff than pretty much all of them teams. So that's just my expectation. Yeah. Um, so we'll go for each game then. Um, I mean, let's pick out a few more interesting games throughout the season. Um, we have on Halloween, we're at home to the Titans. Uh, that'd be a good one to watch. Uh, Tampa Bay come to Indianapolis in November. Um, and I thought we played Christmas Day. Um, it doesn't say it on here. It says we play Boxing Day, but I was pretty sure we played on Christmas Day. We do. We we have a game Christmas Day. Uh, so, look it up. Yeah, uh, Google's not got this right then. So blame them. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I was pretty sure we played uh, Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, we play the Cardinals on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun. Hopefully we can get a nice uh, Christmas present there. And then we end the season at Jacksonville. Hopefully we're ending not, Hopefully we're ending the season United Division Champions. I don't see why we shouldn't be Division Champions this year. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean... Especially seeing how the Titans really haven't um, added anything, and then they've also lost two coaches this offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's going to be tough for them. I feel like the Titans got a really, really tall uphill battle next year, uh, especially when it comes to, to the division, because two teams in this division have improved incrementally at very premium positions uh, like the Colts with the quarterback defensive end situation. we got two quality defensive end guys if they're fully healthy from the draft. And then um, of course the Jaguars, they picked up Trevor Lawrence and uh, Travis Etienne, who uh, on a side note has been taking reps at wide receiver during the mini camp. Um, so some people think he might transition to a slot receiver and try to help them out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, what was 
was, I did see something interesting, but um, lost it. Um, yeah, I okay, that was it. So the um, the next interesting game, well, if we're working backwards through the season, um, the next interesting game really is going to be the Buccaneers, uh, Tampa Bay, coming to Indianapolis. Uh, the return of Bruce Arians, um, the return of well, not the return, but the um, you know the face off with Tom Brady that's going to continue that rivalry. Uh, but that's a game, you know, we can go into that game confident. I'm fully, I'm fully prepared that we could go into that game ready to win. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said before. Uh, I think our roster is just better. I think we have, I think we are the deepest roster in the league, in my opinion, when it comes to just every position. Now, at linebacker, we do have a few issues, but, um, you know, in today's age, linebacker, unless you're an elite talent, just isn't a big, big position. It's not a premium position. Uh, you know, of course, guys like Darius Leonard, you know, make people backtrack on that statement all the time. But uh, when you look at, the 25 other teams that don't have a Darius Leonard or don't have a uh, another guy that can make tackles at an elite level and then get side to sideline at an elite level, um, it really doesn't hurt their team as long as their skill positions are good enough to make up for it. So uh, I, I think that, like you said, we can go in confident. I believe that. I mean, any game we play this year, I think we can go in confident. I think from uh, the first, second, and third level of – each uh, side of our ball, we're just deep enough to compete with anybody. Yeah. Um, so we are deeper, and from the trade rumor that is flying around today, we are going to be extremely talented at wide receiver. Um, I don't know if you've seen the whisperings, but apparently Helio Jones to the Colts is, is not as far away as people think. Um, I don't know what we'd have to give up to get him. Uh, obviously, an older uh, wide receiver, but still probably the best wide receiver, especially the best wide receiver I've ever watched. Um, <laughs> what would we have to give up to get Julio Jones, and what would it mean for this team? You know, I, I really don't know, but it has a good ring to it, doesn't it? You know, Julio Jones to the Indianapolis Colts, that, that has a great ring. Um, you know, f just spitballing stuff, I guess. Um, I feel like a first-rounder would have to be thrown in there. You know, he's he's an older player, but Julio Jones is, you know, in my opinion, a top-five receiver to ever grace the game. You know, he's that guy. Uh, even last year when you watched him, he was still a top-five receiver in the league. He's just so good. He's such a genetic freak athlete. He's so he's so good at his position as well. He's got pretty much every elite trait you want in a wide receiver. He's just he's that guy. Um, and for us to land someone like that, uh, you know, the league would be on notice, and we'd probably have to give up a little bit of the bank account. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine who do you cover if you've got Ty Hilton on the field, you got Julio Jones on the field, and then you have got Mike Pittman on the field? I just I really don't know who you cover in that situation. You just sort of, if you're a defensive back, you just sort of close your eyes and hope for the best. Um, because, you know, but that, 
I'm convinced we have the best running back room. Uh, we don't have a top five quarterback, but we have a top ten quarterback at the minute, I'd say. Could definitely be a top five with uh, work and potential. Um, it's just a good time to be excited as a Colts fan, isn't it? I, I, I mean, I'm happy going into this season that, you know, last season we could play the underdog and the sleeper card, um, and we did it quite well. But this season, we, I think we are one of the favourites, if not the favourites, to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I think there is somewhere between six to eight teams every year mm-hmm. um, that have a chance to make a Super Bowl. And then, of course, there's going to be two to four teams that really have a like a serious shot. But I think in that six to eight six to eight team, I think we might be above the six to eight mark. I think we might be around that five, four mark as it sits. Um, and it's just going to be a time will tell thing. Are we going to go higher or are we going to go lower? Uh, but I think our floor is eight. I think we are the eighth best team in this league at our floor. And I think at our peak, we could be number two or number one based on how this roster progresses. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's either us or Buffalo going to the Super Bowl for the AFC this year. Um, I don't really know NFC, uh, to, to be completely honest, so I can't tell you, but uh, I have, I really do think it's us or Buffalo because, like you said, I can't point out a weak spot of this team. And that's not me loving my own team and being a homer. Cornerbacks, you know, we're not amazingly depth at cornerback, if Xavier Rhodes got injured, we would be in quite a bit of trouble, I would reckon. But all over the park, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think about improving this team, especially if we went and got Julio joined. You wouldn't think about going and getting another piece, especially after the um, Eric Fisher pickup. You know, this it's just this team is built and it's going up at the minute and. I'd say it's a good time to be a Colts fan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I would say even even if we didn't get a Julio Jones, yeah, like you said, I mean, we still got Michael Pittman. He, you know, yeah. this is a young guy. He got injured last year, but he came back and looked incredibly strong. We still got Paris Campbell to play the slot. Of course, we got Ty Hilton lineup on the other on the outside on the other side. Um, you know, I, I think we just got a lot of talent. I mean, just talent everywhere, like you're saying, and it's just. We just got to let these young guys play. I think that's what it comes down to. We just got to let them play and progress. Yeah. Um, a little bit of interesting news. I mean, I'm not sure how big this news is, but the Colts have signed kicker Eddie Pinero. Uh, it's just, is this just camp competition for Rodrigo? Or, you know, is, is Hot Rod not selling it at the minute? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, you know, of course, Hot Rod had, you know, a couple kicks that didn't make a, make the distance. But uh, other than that, he was pretty automatic. Um, you know, I would just keep Hot Rod. You know, I would keep him there and keep him number one, in my opinion. I don't think he's showed us enough to be like, oh, we got to replace this guy. Um, next year, if the struggles continue where he doesn't have enough leg, you know, to make these field goals that are 50 out or 55, then 
you know, yeah, it might, it might be time to look in a different direction because when you look at the elite kickers in the league, they're making 55 consistently. Some people going back to 60 to 63, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there's a hierarchy of kickers in the league and it's hard to get a hold of one, but um, you can't, you can't find one until you keep trying. Yeah. They, I mean, kickers are gold dust, um, especially elite kickers is as rare as it is. You know, there's only ever 32 places for a kicker. So there's only ever going to be, like you say, a top five come along once in a while. Um, what else did I have? I should really have all my notes ready, but, yeah, that was it. So an interesting person for me at the minute in Indianapolis is probably my favourite person of last year and standout player, that's Zach Pascal. Um, absolutely fell in love with the guy last year. He had a breakout year. He stepped up when we needed him, uh, especially when Ty was injured or not at his best. Uh, this guy really made things happen. Why is this guy not being trusted? I mean, I could say he's not being trusted. That may be a bit harsh on Frank Craig, but why is he not being given the reins to be that wide receiver one? Um, that's a good question. Um, because Zach Pascal has every bit of um, athletic ability that you would want in a wide receiver one. He might not have that flashy 40, 4, 4, you know, 4, 4, 4, 3 speed. Uh, well, actually, I think he does run a high 4, 4, 40 yard dash. Um, so he has that, but he's huge. You know, he's six foot one, six foot two, 225, close to 230 pounds. This is a guy that is a big physical receiver. Um, and it's a guy that Frank Reich likes, you know, of course, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard loves the big, tall, uh, you know, heavy, long-armed, good athletic receivers. That's what he likes. He doesn't like uh, tall, skinny receivers. He doesn't like the shorter, just really quick receivers. He likes people that can do everything when it comes to blocking, when it comes to being able to make a catch in traffic, being able to hold on to the ball after a hit. He likes guys like that. And that's exactly what Pascal is. That's the exact mold he is. Um, but I mean, it, to answer to, to answer your question, though, I I think the reason he hasn't got it um, is just because he hasn't, you know, shown completely yet that he could be the number one guy next year, maybe. But he has a little bit more to show before I think he's handed the reins. I mean, his forty time was a four five five. Okay. I mean. For so, I I I don't know, you know, how good that is. That, is that good for a wide receiver? Is that average? Is that uh, for a guy's size? That's really good. Um, you, you know, I wouldn't call it a lead, or I wouldn't call it great, but it's definitely it's definitely above good. You know, most most guys his size at the receiver position don't get to run four, you know, four fives. Um, of course. Hey, you know he's a different kind of athletic freak. He ran a four or five at that size, but um, the way Pascal plays, you know, he's a physical guy. You know, he's like a bowling ball, like an AJ Brown. Um, you know, you get him the ball, and he's going to try to run through you and get three or four extra yards. Yeah, I this team is interesting because what it seems like Chris Ballard is trying to do with this team, and it's hard to do. Uh, you know, in soccer, let's say, when you only have a team of 15, uh, really, Max. But what Chris Ballard is trying to do is 
nobody's there's never a one a one two punch on this team. It's always a one one punch. You know, you, let's look all over the field. Defensive tackles or defensive end, you've got Quitty Pay, DeForest Butner. Wide receivers, you've got T.Y. Hill and Mike Pittman. Tight ends, you've got Morley Cox and Jack Doyle, running backs, Jonathan Taylor. Matt, I could go on. Um, how how important is it that Chris Ballard keeps these guys happy with the amount of game times? Because someone like Marlon Mack is in a career year right now. He needs to have a career year. That's if he wants to move on, even if he wants to stay in Indy. He has to have a career year. So how do you keep someone happy who wants more of the ball? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's that's a tough question. You know, that, that's a question that's been asked for hundreds of years in this game. Yeah. Or uh, in every sport, you know, uh, you, you got a you got a really good roster. It's filled with talent. How do you get people spread around? How do you get the minutes people are going to want? Um, and honestly, that question is more about what kind of player are you? You know, you're going to sacrifice yourself for the team. Uh, is more of the thing. And I think I think Marlon Mack showed he can be a number one running back. I think that's no issue. Um, I think. If he, as long as he comes back and in the reps that he gets and the reps that, uh, or I'm sorry, as long as he comes back and the reps he gets, he does perform well. Uh, I think you know a team's going to pick him up. I think a team will definitely offer him four to five, you know, four to six million dollars a year to play for them, uh, and he'll be a happy camper wherever he goes, and he'll always have a fan of me. So, I mean, yeah. It, it is, like you say, you know, the Colts are trying to build that culture of the team first, uh, which is so, it's pretty hard to come by in this day and age. Even with Super Bowl winning teams, you know, uh, people think they are bigger than the team. Uh, one, I mean, for me, the problem with Marlon Mack is he proved he was a number one running back until he got injured. And then we started watching Jonathan Taylor. And first two or three weeks, he was a starter. Everyone like, okay, this guy's going to take a year to develop. He's he's not at the pace just yet. We could see the talent was there, but I think every Colts fan would agree he's NFL IQ. Okay, so probably at college level, you know, you can blitz past people at college level. You're always going to be faster than a linebacker as a running back at college level, um, unless you have that side to side speed like Darius does. But at the NFL, he couldn't do that. And it took time to adjust. He realised he couldn't do that. And when he started learning how to read his gaps, wow, did we have a a player on our hands. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor's really give Chris Ballard a beautiful headache in the sense that Chris Ballard has to make a choice on one of these running backs at the end of the year. Um, I mean, it's way too early. <laughs> But I am going to ask you the question because we have time to ask it. If you had to keep one and sell one, um, I got to go, JT. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big fan, big fan of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Marlon Mack. The thing about Marlon is he is coming off the Achilles injury. His contract's going to be up. Um. You know, 
we have another really talented running back in Naheem Hines who is like a third down specialist. You know, he fits that role more. And then honestly, in the offense we run, you know, I'm going to be honest, Naheem Hines would probably be, should be the number one running back in the offense we run. Uh, but I still think Jonathan Taylor is like generational athlete. Jonathan Taylor reminds me of Zeke a lot. Like he, he is very similar to Zeke in, in the way I look at him run the ball and the way that he has this, you know, four, three speed at 230 pounds. Um, so that being said, I think Marlon Mack, what, what really seals the deal on Marlon Mack for me is just the fact that he's not the same kind of athlete. He's not the same kind of pedigree. Uh, as a Jonathan Taylor, love him to death. He's got all the smarts in the world. Um, you know, he's very good at reading or very good at sniffing out where the hole is in his own run. Um, but when it just comes down to potential uh, and someone that makes just the impact, I think Jonathan Taylor just makes the bigger impact. Yeah. Um, I'd like to apologize because when we was talking about wide receivers, I completely forgot about a wide receiver who I love very much, and that's Paris Campbell. I mean, unfortunately, two back-to-back nasty injuries. Um, the last one was a freak injury. That was horrible to see. Uh, but this guy is... We still don't know anything about him as Colts fans. And that's really a weird thing to say for a guy who's coming into the third year. Yeah, it's you know it, it's been very his career's been unfortunate. I mean, you said it best. It's just been really unfortunate. Uh, you know, you hate to see you hate to see a guy go down with back to back season ending injuries. But you know, if you've seen his film on high, I mean, even if you just watch his highlights from his college, uh, his college play. I mean, the dude is a absolute speed demon. You know, he can move. He's got wheels. He might be other than Isaiah Rogers, the fastest player on our roster. So, yeah, like you said, I got a lot – I got a l- really high expectations for that guy. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to move on to now uh, is the rookies. We could talk about Quitty Pay all day and how fantastic he is. One, one guy who did interest me in the draft, and I've started doing a bit of digging on this guy, is – Kyle Granson at uh, the tight end. And what I've been watching about, you know, this kid is, damn, he's explosive. He's such an explosive player. And I'm just quite surprised that he fell to us so late in the draft. What was he, the fourth round pick? I think he was. Um, fourth round. Yeah, I'm still quite surprised he fell to us. Um you know, his run blocking is fantastic, what I've seen of it. Um, have you seen much of Kyle Granson? And is he a project? Is he a, a second-year starter? What What is he going to do for the Colts? Um, I think he's going to come in and fill that Trey Burton role really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's an excellent route-running tight end. I think he's more of um, you know, the prototypical tied in in the NFL nowadays where you can somewhat block, but you are a really good route runner and you can just absolutely dose a linebacker if you need to. So uh, I think he, I think it, I don't think he's going to be a starter year one, but I think he could make a case for starting year two for sure. Yeah. Um, 
and quarterbacks, I know we talked a little bit about this with uh, Destin on the show. Um, but the quarterback situation for me got a whole lot more interesting as soon as we drafted Sam Erlinger. It seemed like we were set with a plan. But then again, you know, we went into last season with three quarterbacks in Jacoby, Philip, and Jacob Eason. Does this mean we're going to go into another season with three quarterbacks? Uh, it's starting to look that way. I mean, you know, COVID-19 regulations, it, it might be just for the better, honestly, because, you know, say one week that Carson Wentz goes down with COVID and then Jacob Eason's been training with him. So because he was near him, Jacob Eason gets put out for COVID. Then you got, you know, you got Sam being able to step up and play. Now, hopefully that situation doesn't happen. Uh, so he's not thrown in there, but it, it you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see the rookie quarterback take over a good, uh, well-armed roster for a game. Yeah. Uh, well, we have got a preseason this year, which is nice. So maybe we get to see a couple of them guys fight out uh, positions in camp. Was that? Is there any positional rookies that you want to see break through this year? I mean, or is there anyone who did better than the last year than you expected? Um. Yeah, there's a few guys. Uh, Kari Willis. <laughs> He was a big, 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 big guy that I had I didn't have much expectations for him. You know, um, he's not big. He's not particularly fast. I mean, he just doesn't seem like a guy that is someone that would play as well as he did last year. Uh, caught me by surprise. And I was really, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I was thinking that we need to find a replacement for him as strong safety. I was thinking Malik Cooker should come back and play for him uh, last year, whenever before the season, um, and then try to find another free safety. You know, find, just find a safety, get safety depth. But now I think we got two quality safeties. Um, you know, Julian Blackman, he was a really high-rated safety as well So I, before the injury. So kind of had expectations for him. It wasn't like anything crazy. I wasn't like, oh, he's going to come in and, uh, absolutely changed games, but that's exactly what he did. Um, he came in and just changed games. So I think our two safeties were our biggest uh, surprises to me of breakout players. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, uh, that, that's really all I had for today's show. It was, it was meant to have a guest on, but real life gets in the way sometimes. So I, I don't really have a guest to well, a special guest to speak to. So if you've got anything you'd like to add, um, granted this this has only been a short, a short show, but if you've got anything you'd like to throw out, uh, throw it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really didn't come with anything, but I mean, I could find something. Yeah, find something. I mean, we've still got plenty of time. I'm in no rush. It, I honestly, I just, you plan for certain questions and stuff for guests, but then they last yeah. minute we can't appear and stuff like that. Ah, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it happens, man. You know, everyone, everyone has a life. Podcast yes. usually comes last, but uh, you know, it's always fun to do. Um, 
Yeah, I was looking earlier. There was someone that the Colts signed, and I don't remember who it was. Um, he's a linebacker. Uh, this had happened. This probably happened a week ago. Um, but he was an incredible athlete, and I would like to take a look at him. We'll discuss him right quick. That's all. That's the only thing I want to discuss because uh, I was going to last time and I didn't. Oh yeah, right here, um, Malik Jefferson. Okay, Malik Jefferson is a guy who is six foot two. He is two hundred and thirty-five pounds, uh, twenty-seven reps on bench press, which is considered elite level for the linebacker position. Thirty-six inch vertical, considered elite level. Ten uh, foot broad jump, which is considered like top of the top elite level. Ran a four-five-two forty-yard dash, which is considered elite. Uh, his 20-yard split was a 267, which is elite. 10-yard split was a 159, which is also elite. Um, his shuttle was a 418, which is elite, and his three-cone drill was a 712, which is um, which is very good. I wouldn't call it good; it, it's probably better than good. So this guy is a crazy athlete. Um, now there's this guy I follow on Twitter, and uh, he does these math scores, these RAS score, relative athletic scores. Uh, and he placed at a 9.78 for the position, which is like top 15 ever. Uh, so the guy's just a freak athlete. Yeah, he, he's crazy athletic. And, you know, if Eberflus and Frank Wright can, you know, get on this guy and get him into shape, you know, make him some kind of decent linebacker, he would be phenomenal. I mean, he certainly sounds phenomenal. And we all know look, Chris Ballard has just, and seriously good knack for picking up random players and turning them into gems. Uh, Kenny Moore being the prime example. It sounds like to me, uh, from his stats, he could make a good sort of uh, underspoint blitzer, if that made any sense. Uh, sort of that. He could take away that role and responsibility from... Kenny Moore and Kyrie Willis, so they can concentrate more on the second game. Um, you know, just like you say, a free athlete. Um, like I said, I, I knew nothing about. I, I didn't even see the signing to be honest, so I can't pretend like I know st- stuff about this kid. Um, I say, yeah, so. I, I don't on. know much about him either. Uh, I mean, according to what I've heard about him, he just. The team he came from, I think it was the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he he really didn't make many waves, so that's why he's on our team now. But uh, as you know, Chris Ballard loves athletic linebackers. Uh, you know, I.e. Bobby Okereke, Darius Leonard, uh, guys of that nature. I think that's why Anthony Walker was released as well because he's not he's not that freak athlete prototype that he wants. Uh, but I think Malik Jefferson is, and if he could somehow, you know make some waves, make a little name for himself. I think he could maybe find himself in the rotation. Yeah, cool. I mean, I have one more thing I wanted to bring up um, before we end. I mean, we've nearly done 40 minutes, so that's okay for off-season. <laughs> but I saw, it might not have been that far back, uh, but I saw pretty recently, somebody tweet, I know you interacted with this tweet, that apparently Darius Leonard is not a top five linebacker. And 
didn't know if it was someone trying to just stir the pot and get me on the hook, but I really wanted to type out a lot. You know, I typed it all out and deleted it all. Because, I mean, if Darius Leonard is not a top five linebacker, then you, you're not good at football. It's as simple as that. Because even somebody who had never watched the game before could tell you that Darius Leonard is a, is the best. Well, I say he's the best. I reckon he's the best. Yeah, I, I mean, saying Darius Leonard isn't a top five linebacker in today's league is just uh, pretty ridiculous. And the only thing that his his whole argument is it's a passing league. Darius Leonard isn't that great in in um, zone coverage. And the people he puts above him, okay, so they do have a 15% lower catch rate when people, when quarterbacks target their zone. But Darius Leonard, it's 75%. For them, it's 60%. They're still getting the catch 60% of the time. But then none of those guys are having even near the impact that Darius Leonard provides when it comes to tackling in the box, being that quarterback sky, spy. Like when If you watch the game against the Ravens, there's nobody that I've seen play against Lamar Jackson like Darius Leonard. There's nobody. I, I've yet to see anyone play that well. And that's not being me being a homer. That's just me watching the film. Nobody's kept him hemmed up like that. Uh, and it's just facts. You know? you know, you can say, oh, it's a passing league now, blah, blah, blah. But a 15% discrepancy in – a statistic where they're still getting the ball at a 60% rate, which is, you know, above average quarterback completion percentage is not better than Darius Leonard just wrecking games himself. That's crazy. That's just absolute craziness to me. Yeah. I mean, how I look at it is Darius Leonard could walk in and be the starting linebacker for every other team in the league. Without a oh, question. yeah, any day. Yeah. You know, just everyone wishes they draft Darius Leonard every draft from now on. You know, everybody wants that pick from now on. Um, because, again, that's another one. Chris Ballard just plucked out of nowhere. Nobody had heard of him. Uh, the worst draft pick, even some were calling him. You know, so it just proves that it doesn't matter where you get drafted. It's about your own journey and that, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this group of rookies because I feel for the first time in a long time, this group of rookies has no pressure on them of being the next big thing at their position. And that's, that's got to be nice for them. Yeah. Um, you're right about that. I think that these guys coming in, especially their defensive ends are just, they're coming into a team that needs defensive ends that haven't had a dominant defensive end since, you know, Robert Mathis left, Dwight Freeney left. Um, of course, we had Trent Cole, twenty thirteen, but Trent Cole is at the end of his career as well. So, uh, you know, I think these guys are the new young talent. I think that they're coming in, and like you said, they just don't have pressure. They just got to go out there and ball at their own pace and get better at their own pace. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's all I have. That's all you have. Yeah, yeah. that's all I got, man. We'll wrap it up. Um, hopefully, very much hopefully, we've got another show tomorrow, same time again, 10 p.m. 
and we do have a guest lined up. Hopefully, real life doesn't get in the way, and hopefully, we can get him on. Um, that'll all be announced tomorrow. It's been 40 minutes on the Monday Night Football Talk Show. It's been talking Colts and pure Colts. Thanks to the people watching. Xavier, thanks for being my co-host and making this fun. Um, see everyone later. Well, see you all tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>